Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we will help you get through that reading guilt, and we're going to do some really weird reviews of two things that you never thought we would review. One is a plastic bag. (laughs) But first... What are you reading, Bria? Oh, I'm reading the... um, I'm doing the Reading Glasses book club. Wow. There's a book club. I feel like a jerk for not doing the <laughs> book club for my um, own podcast. I'm off Facebook for a few months, so I'm not seeing what's happening there, but I'm on the Goodreads group, and it's um, Cannibalism, A Perfectly Natural History by Bill Shutt. Shutt? Shutt. Yes. I heard that book is really good. It is very good. So this will come out next week, which means they'll still... The, the reading group will still be doing it. It's the book for February. And I started reading it while on vacation. And actually, it's a really good book to read because the chapters are not terribly long and you get a lot of information. So I could, like, be like, dinosaurs, were they cannibals? Answer, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, I kind of, like, got through that. And then it was, like, the Donner Party. Really longer chapter, very fascinating. Were they cannibals? Yes. <laughs> so you got to hear all about various kinds of cannibalism so just in case you were making a venn diagram with the donner party and dinosaurs (laughs) you know where to put cannibalism yeah but what do they meet on dinosaur they'll start with d yes that is the one thing that they they meet on big families big maybe possibly i don't know both live no both afraid of comets i think we're all afraid of comets yeah both hate cold weather yeah, eh, there eh, we go. So that's yeah, the middle one. That's the middle but one. Cannibals, not cannibals. Not cannibals. Yeah, I could yeah. be wrong because now I don't totally remember the dinosaurs <laughs> chapter because I read it a while ago. What are you reading, Mallory? Uh, I am reading a book called The Turner House by Angela Flournoy, and it, w- it was a big deal when it came out a couple of years ago. And it's it's like a really epic family saga, all centered around this one house in D- Detroit where this family lives, and it's a um, Two parents, and they have 13 children, and, like... It's like, how many cats you have? Basically, <laughs> except they're humans, <laughs> and they all don't poop in a box. Uh, I, although, I haven't finished the book yet. Maybe they do poop in a box. Uh, and, like, we're... And, but one of the members of the family is haunted by this haint, and uh, it might be connected to something that goes on, like, wh- where the family's roots are. But it's, like, this, like, great American novel, this, like, epic, sprawling family saga. And it's one of those books where, like, not a lot actually happens. It's just, like, a lot of family drama, but it's so compelling because the mm. characters are so well-written. Seems like a book I want to read. It's really, really, really good. I'm, like, 50 pages away from the end, and it's amazing. Okay, sidebar. What is it between a haint and a ghost? <laughs> You know what? They're about to answer that question in the book, so I will tell you in 50 pages. Okay. But I think uh, haint, I, I, I don't even want to say it because I, I don't know. A haint just sounds like something that like my 80-year-old aunt would talk about, and a ghost is something. That I think it's like a Southern thing. Is it a Southern thing? That's why I don't know. I really yeah. don't know. I will tell you when I finish the book. I'm also, we had, a, we had a reading glasses listener who wanted us to repeat the names of the uh, books oh, we're talking books about. at the end? Yeah, so, so you're reading Cannibalism, A Natural History a by... Per- a perfectly natural history. A perfectly natural called? history. It's called cannibalism. Yeah, a perfectly natural history. By. I don't oh, I'm sorry. By, <laughs> by Bill Shutt. <laughs> and I'm reading The Turner House by Angela Flournoy. And just so you guys also know, I think we've mentioned it on the show before pretty recently, but we always include all of the names of all the books mentioned, whether we're talking about them or our guest is talking about them in the show notes. If you want to go to the episode page uh, at maximumfun.com slash reading underscore glasses. You can find all the links to all the stuff we're talking about in, in the show notes. Yep. And also on the iTunes page. Yes. Yeah. We're going to take a moment to answer a recommendation request from Josh. 
Hey, Mallory and Bria, I have a bookish problem. I like reading LGBTQ books, especially gay books, because who doesn't like to see themselves in stories? However, I notice that gay books often fall into three categories. YA coming out angst, tragic literary fiction, or shirtless mass market romance. While these books are important, where is the gay genre fiction? How do I find a book about LGBTQ heroes in fantasy slash sci-fi slash genre fiction where the characters are gay, but it's not centered on that one part of their lives? Bria, what's your recommendation? So I was actually, when I got this, we got this, I, I really love the trend that's happening in sci-fi right now, which is sort of like the, the future worlds that we're looking at, the science fiction worlds of the future, they're not going to have gender binaries. Like, and I feel like all the science fiction writers are sort of like, right, they're like kind of all starting to agree on this, which is a really fascinating trend. It's like oh, yeah. the querying of science fiction in this fascinating way. So there's so many books that I read that have characters whose genders are not explicit or are gay or they're fluid or whatever like there's a lot of use of pronouns that like not the he she binary but the the z or i just read which i was going to recommend um and lecky's book provenance where the main characters are lesbians and gay men and um the, there's one pronoun that they use for someone that's just e every time have you ever seen that no i don't know if i it made me feel like i was like oh i'm not in grad school anymore where I don't know this is what people are using but it's like just an E instead of a she or a he huh which I thought was really cool I that's thought that great was a, that was great so you like it's just like a non in the future we're all gonna evolve past it's this all, bullshit it's, it's all fluid so I mean for lesbians in space sci-fi Cameron I'm fucking I'm Hurley name, name Cameron Hurley I love Star her Star so Legion. much <laughs> if you want some hard sci-fi that's a really fun Cameron Hurley is the shit yeah also yeah. you guys she's a great read her blog follow her on Twitter she's fucking amazing um, and then a, a series that I'm really loving right now is Every Heart, the Every Heart Adore series has several gay characters as, as well as the most recent iteration. It's uh, a trans character is one of the main characters. Uh, uh, down Among the Sticks and Stones. No, the newest one No, Down called, Among the Sticks and Bones, not is Stones. Is Beneath the Sugar Sky. There's oh, yeah, it's a new one. one. I yes, just yes, read yes, it. Yes. It's very good. I love this series. It's very magical and very LGBTQ friendly. Also, just a random shout out for another novella that I really liked was Sarah Gailey's River of Teeth has a has a queer character as one of the main characters, which I really like. But yeah, th I just think I, the one thing I was thinking about, and maybe you have something for this, but I would love to see like a real nice like gay male ship captain, maybe a little bit of like a, a bodice ripper, but also like it's in space. Like I would like to read that. It's hard to rip a off a bod bodice in space because it just floats it away. Just floats away. <laughs> <laughs> like all the drama is gone. <laughs> like I would like to read that. And I don't know if I can think of a book like that. I was actually trying to think of that. So like gay firefly, like a gay, I would love a gay firefly. Um, a real masculine I'm really getting into like what I'm into but like a real masculine ship captain a gay space opera with gay sex yeah that'd be I'd be into that but I couldn't think of one publishers get on this shit I know someone probably will so if some one of our listeners knows of one I'd be really into that what, what do you recommend Mallory uh, I think Josh should check out The Sorcerer of the Wild Thieves by Kai Ashanti Wilson. Uh, it's also a Tor.com novella. Or actually, I think this is a novel. Um, it's sort of, it's like an epically awesome, like awesome in the sense of like actually awesome, not in like, oh, hey man, awesome. It's like a sword and sorcery book. Um, and it was named one of the Publishers Weekly Best Sci-Fi and Fantasy Books of the Year when it came out. I think it came out in 2015. Uh, and if you like the world, you can get the next book, which is A Taste of Honey. And the covers are fucking amazing. Um, and it's, you know, those gay characters. I think the main I, character's gay. I think Tor 
Viacom is doing some good stuff when it comes to like making sure that it's very inclusive of all of their character, all the types of people. You yes. know, Tor.com is just fucking killing it. Yeah, right they're now. they're doing a really great job. Uh, so you can email us your recommendation requests at readingglassespodcast at gmail dot com. And as always, we want to thank Danielle who runs our Facebook group and Christy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Uh, remember that if you want to help support the show and announce your reader love to the world, you can buy Reading Glasses tote bags and bookmarks in the Maximum Fun store. You can check out the link in the show notes. Before we talk about reading guilt, we're going to take a quick break. This episode is brought to you in part by Squarespace. Bria, what are the things that you can do with Squarespace? Oh man, you can do so many things. You can create a beautiful website to showcase your work, blog or publish content, promote your physical or online business, and more. Mallory, I made just made a new Squarespace I page. I saw your. Did you see it? I did. It's called Bria. After listening to our own show, <laughs> I went to your website. Thanks I gotta for tell you, sponsoring Squarespace, Bria nice directsandwrites dot com. I gotta say pretty nice website thank you it actually did not take me very long it took me only a few hours and it has all the thing. it has my director's reel and all my links to all the things that i've written so people take me seriously as a director and writer <laughs> that's a beautiful website thanks and what so squarespace does all this by giving you beautiful customizable templates created by world-class class designers a new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions free and secure hosting nothing to patch or upgrade ever so head to squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use the offer code glasses to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website domain that's squarespace.com and enter the code glasses <laughs> Glasses. Clode glasses. Clode glasses. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is Griffin McElroy. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. And we've got a new podcast on Maximum Fun called Wonderful. Wonderful. It's an enthusiast podcast where we talk about things that we're excited about and things that you're excited about. Things like overalls. 24-hour Sudafed. The grand prize game. The fact that wombats use their butts to kill predators. The soundtrack to the movie Dick Tracy. The beach potion we call Bud Light Line. All these things and more every Wednesday, and we'll also talk about things that you're excited about. You can find us on MaximumFun.org or iTunes or wherever. I don't know. Just search Wonderful. Google it. You'll probably get there. This week, we're addressing a problem that a lot of people have with reading for fun. Yeah, so my friend Andy, hey Andy, talked to me about this recently. Um, he said, and I'm quoting him, Sometimes when I read, I feel like I should be working and it intrudes on my enjoyment. It doesn't happen with other forms of goofing off like watching TV or playing video games, just reading. And this is actually something Mallory and I hear a lot. Reading is something people feel like is a pleasure that they shouldn't like make time for. And people are like, how do you make time to read? Which I feel like is the number one question that we always get. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, there's a feeling a lot of people get, especially if their work involves reading, but it can, it can happen to anybody, I think. Definitely. Uh, it's pretty easy to feel guilty about reading for pleasure instead of reading something for work or reading something serious we live in like a productivity fetish culture everybody's busy everyone's trying to get a million things done and you feel like if you're going to be reading it all you should be reading something serious or you should be reading something for work and read i feel like reading occupies like a weird in-between space where it's not as totally relaxing as watching a movie or watching tv mm -hmm. but it 
feel but it's not 100% work either so people have a hard time making time for it yeah it's not watching Riverdale where you can kind of like just turn off your brain a little bit no offense to Riverdale but like you know I was watching it on the plane and I was like oh this is the perfect thing for me to just like sit here on my Dramamine high and like absorb this <laughs> and, but it's, it's reading takes a little bit more brain activity yeah well yeah. so Bria you have, a, have to read both of us actually have to do this so I, we should both probably talk about this but we both have to read a lot of scripts for work but I think you read probably more than I do um do you ever feel like this I do I feel like it a lot because at night a lot of times I just want to be reading my book whatever my book is but I feel like I should be reading a script because it's the same amount of brain activity for the most part although I try not to fall asleep while reading a script and I fall asleep reading a book every night I think this is hard for everyone though especially people who read for for jobs which is a ton of people a lot of people read for their jobs and also for those who don't have like a specific regimented schedule every day like you aren't required to be right i know (laughs) you and i have these schedules where it's like just sort of ethereal get up when do you get up when do you go to sleep you know for the most part until you know until we don't so no one tells me really like what time i have to read a script by like it's just work that exists that i should do at some point probably before i show up to set but not necessarily or before i go in for the audition but yeah. not necessarily like you know you don't have to do this by three o'clock today but i feel like this isn't just freelancers too right people who they feel like they should be reading news yeah right or scrolling twitter or reading an article that tells you how to find better car insurance when you really want to be reading about post-apocalyptic cults is that too personal that's what happened <laughs> to me this week <laughs> guys in car insurance what a hellish experience <laughs> this is definitely an issue for me and i will talk about like sort of how i get this done but what is it an issue for you as well obviously it can be but what what's funny and I had this like horrifying realization in therapy about this like a month ago where I feel like because I am a super workaholic insomniac and I realized that part of the reason why I read so much and why relaxing is like the thing that I do or uh, why reading for relaxation is the is like the, the hobby that I choose is because it feels like I'm doing something like it feels oh, like, like you're achieving something yeah it feels that's like that's what I'm I was be- gonna say about me too which yeah. is my gonna be my 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 trick at the end but We'll put a pin in that. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I think, but you, I think you're right. Reading makes me feel like I'm being productive. We can we yeah. can talk about you this achi- later. You're you achieving something. Okay, can we talk about guilt for a second? Yes. Okay. The weird thing about guilt is that it actually activates the reward center of your brain. Did you know that? No, that's really creepy. Okay. The same one that activates pride and shame activates guilt, which is pride, great thing. Shame. Pride, well, Susan pride can be a great thing. <laughs> pride is true. That's true. Or it can be a very bad thing. And shame, we know that's bad from... S- What's her name? Not Susan Sandberg. Brene Brown. (laughs) Brene Brown. Brene Brown studies shame. That's her thing. Anyway, whatever. Okay. Tangent. Okay. Um, So people prone to feeling guilty do work harder. uh, And they're kind of like better friends or lovers because they're, they're likely to, less likely to cheat, lie, behave immorally. Not trying to endorse guilt over here. I'm just telling you things about it. But the opposite end of too much guilt. Not to make you feel better, they, but they do make better friends and lovers. So if you're a guilty person. Um, the opposite end of guilt, uh, is too much guilt, particularly self-criticism, actually decreases self-control and motivation. And you know what increases it? Forgiving yourself. So that's a, that's a thing not for guilt. That's against guilt. But what happens, um, what happens with this part of your brain is that you often feel guilty over something. And then you forgive yourself. And then you feel good for forgiving yourself, and it lights up the pleasure center, which is sort of a problem. So in some ways, guilt 
makes you attracted to guilty behaviors. So people who feel guilty all the time are actually attracted to being feeling guilty all the time because it's lighting up a pleasure center in their brain because eventually they forgive themselves and eventually they feel good about it. So people huh. who do bad shit and they feel guilty about it and forgive themselves, it, ca it can be an endless cycle and it's not a great thing. It's not good to feel guilty, but that's sort of how it works. I'm trying to think of things I ever feel guilty about. Probably working too not much. Work yeah, not working. Not and working. then you do the work, and then you're like, I feel so much better. Yeah. And you, like, pat yourself on the back a little, back a little bit. Yeah. I like, mean, this is being a workaholic. So, so guys, we, we just want we, – we understand. We feel you. But what do you do about this? How do you get reading out of that weird, uncanny valley in your brain? Right. That you're like, I don't feel like I should be doing this because it's too fun, but not fun enough. enough. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Ooh, it's like the it's like the middle porridge of uh, the it's three just days. Right. <laughs> oh, wait, maybe it's not. It is just right. That's what we're gonna get to. Yes. Okay. And which which porridge is it? <laughs> it's the it's the baby bears, right? Wait, mama's is too cold. <laughs> Dad's is too hot. Baby bear. You know what? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know who eats what porridge. Yeah, mom's is too cold. Why does and the, the mom get the, the bed cold is too, too too hard? No, the mom's bed is too soft. I don't fucking know. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> Time to reread that book. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird thing to not know. Okay, so what should we do? You yeah, know, what do you do? Like, about I this? feel guilty reading this book when I should be doing something else that is actually good for my life or that I should be doing. Like, what do you do? Yeah. Well, so we always say on the show that reading is reading is reading, and we say it for a reason. All reading is good for your brain, guys. It helps boost your cognitive power. It refuels your creative tank, regardless if you're reading a book on astrophysics or a comic book about Wonder Woman. If you feel guilty for reading for pleasure, you need to remember that you're getting a lot out of reading. You're, there's a lot of benefits. It's not a waste of time, even if you are reading something for fun. So, Mallory, you're bad at relaxing. <laughs> I am very bad at relaxing. Um, Tell, talk about what you... But you read to relax. Yes. And, well, that, and that, talk about how, how it, you don't feel guilty doing it. So I, I'm terrible at relaxing even when I am like, all right, I'm done for the night. I go I go from writing my book to reading a book. Right. And you also, the weird thing about you is you do not watch television to relax like no. a lot of people, which is my like go-to, like sit in front of the television and put on whatever the thing I'm marathoning right now is. Yeah. I literally don't do anything to relax besides <laughs> reading. And that was <laughs> why it was so freaky to me because I was like, oh, well, at least, you know, I'm such a workaholic, but at least I read all the time and I realized that the only reason I was doing that so much is because it was making me feel productive. Mm. So what I did is like at the start of this year, one of my re reader resolutions was I was like, you know what? I, I, st I keep to such a stringent schedule of like reading certain things and like reading a certain amount of genres every month. And it made me feel really productive. And I've been really committed this year to just fucking reading whatever I want. Ooh. I've been reading more fun stuff. I've been reading less books that I felt I've been kind of getting rid of some of the obligation that I w was feeling of like, oh, you know, I haven't read a classic book. I really need to and read a classic book. And you felt guilty for not reading the things that you felt like you should be reading. Yes. Ooh, that's a different kind of guilt. Yes. Because people, I'm, we've been talking about time, but you're talking about specifically like not reading the things that you're yeah. like, I feel guilty. I haven't read Wuthering Heights. I'm going to bring that one up again. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. But uh, you know what? I uh, we, got a, we got a bunch of emails about that. And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be reading Persuasion by Jane Austen. To thank you to a listener who emailed us. I'm recanting my, my judgment of uh, Jane Austen books, and I'm going to read one. Um, but yeah, well, even, you know, when people would send me things like, I, I had to put the beginning of this year. I had to put a like put a stop because when I'm the kind of person that whenever anyone emails me scripts or like anything, I'll drop everything and read it. And I just like it was 
I was doing I was doing too, too much. It yeah, was like you're doing too much. It, it was just killing me. So I was like, I can't do this right now. I need to finish my book. And when I relax, I just want to read something that I I want to read. So and something that was making me feel better about that about reading for fun and reading the things I really wanted to read was remembering that reading refuels your creative tank. Uh huh. Yeah. And, and no matter what you do, any kind of artist you are, if you're a writer, no matter what your job is, it, creativity you use it in literally everything you do whether you're a mechanic or a, a brain surgeon that's a part of your brain that you need and reading nourishes that so remember, and no matter what you read and no matter what you read if you're reading 50 shades of gray or you're reading neil degrassi tyson you are re- you are nourishing some part of your brain so let like hold on to that thing and remember that you're doing something good for yourself i love that that's a really good answer what about you bria I think that this is the same for me. One thing I do, I reading is good for you. And that's the one thing I always remind myself. Um, I think if people listen to this podcast, they probably know that. They probably agree with that to an extent. I don't know. Some people are like, people all the time, they're like, I've been listening to your podcast and I want to read again. And I'm like, yeah, wow, that I is the that. number one thing we get emailed is that people are like, I'm started reading again. And honestly, that makes my day every fucking time it happens. You guys are all amazing. Yeah. So here is my suggestion for people who feel guilty reading. I think for just this one, one instance, once, you can use comparison to other okay. people. Because I think when you talk about someone else and they're like, I just finished this great book. You're never like, probably should have been working and not reading. <laughs> you never think that. Like, you don't. You don't no. judge someone else's reading. You're like, oh, that person is well-rounded and well-read. And isn't that fascinating? They they're kind of hot. Book. Like, <laughs> I find them so much more attractive now that they've read a book oh my god <laughs> i can't believe they just went from i uh, mean that's me <laughs> i woke up this morning and my partner was was sitting outside reading without a shirt on and i just stood there with my mouth open <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> i'm surprised that wasn't on your instagram honestly oh i keep that shit to myself <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna make some sex joke but i feel like it's weird because he's in the next room <laughs> oh, yeah. sorry out there sorry alan so i would just say like this is the one moment where you should say, like, I would treat someone this way. Like, if someone's like, I just read this great book, you'd be like, that's cool. That person is smart and interesting and takes time to read. No one's think, judging you for reading too much, guys. Right. And I think you should use that same love on yourself. So yes. just turn that around and go, oh, yeah, I do want to be the person who who works on themselves and reads a book, even if it's just for fun or has these interesting hobbies or, or whatever. And I think self-care is really important and it's good to be nice to yourself and yes that means that if you want to be reading you should not feel guilty reading which sounds so much more simpler than it is yeah i think self-care is so important and i think that if people are associating like again they're putting reading in this weird middle place where it's because you're actually you know you're actively using your brain it's not like a hundred percent it's not as relaxing as you know like sitting and watching riverdale and eating chocolate (laughs) 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 we're just gonna keep going back to riverdale (laughs) guys really good show i've heard it's, it's really, really so good. entertaining <laughs> it is like i was watching and it was just like how is this is amazing it's guys so many things i could talk about Riverdale. <laughs> we'll start we'll start a separate podcast for that <laughs> <laughs> but i think i think what people should do is they double down on the relaxation part of reading if you want reading to be a part of your downtime like make it count don't read where you do your work don't oh, read at call. your work desk don't read wherever you know you're spending time and do being productive have a delicious dessert while you're reading light some candles get in pajamas like get do- in that mud bath yeah mud bath a um, mud Mud Isn't bath. that what people do? Mud bath? In their houses. Yeah, just, just fill that bathtub <laughs> with mud. <laughs> <laughs> What's that giant 
giant box, sweetie. Oh, it's just uh, my mud. It's a bunch of mud. No, it's just you carrying in like bags of dirt. dirt. <laughs> just making a mud bath. <laughs> I don't know. It's some, something relaxing. Yeah, but like, you know, treat yourself. Like you earned this. Like if you want reading to be to be a part of your self-care, like get, help yourself out. Set yourself up for relaxation, man. I, I love it. And then, then it's like a an activity. You yeah. Like you're actually taking time out to do it, which is I guess people feel guilty for it. So I have one other suggestion, one last little suggestion, which I think you do as well. And I, this is sort of to like, you're, this is like this, if you aren't accepting of it, you're not being nice to yourself, you're, but you still want to be reading, this is to skirt around all of that. This is a little, this is a trick, which is I put reading on my to-do list. Oh yeah. Like particularly because I use the library and I know I'm going to have a book due really soon. And it's probably like getting to a really good part. So then I'm like, okay, today I have to get to, because I read on a Kindle, to 50%. Because I know it's due back in three days. So I got to get to 50% tomorrow by 75 and the next day by 100. Like, so I literally put that on my to do list. And as a to do list person who loves a to do list and loves checking things off, it feels like it's part of something that I actually have to do. And I feel way less guilty about taking time out of my day to do it. Because I'm like, well, I have to read this script, but I also got to get to page 200 in this book or else I'm going to have to return it and blah 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 yeah well, I think that's perfect because it goes the other direction like if you can't get reading to be that relaxing thing for you go the other way and have it be part of the things that you want to do like if you want to get reading done okay like have it be a thing that you need to do yeah exactly it, it becomes like and then and then I think you sort of train yourself to do it more and more that way too I mean and obviously like there's limits to that. I wouldn't be like, read a book today. You know, like, I think yeah. I think also giving yourself really specific marks to hit or something like that. So you feel like you shouldn't feel guilty doing it because you did exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And then you stopped and you went and did the work you're actually supposed to do. Right. Yeah. Like some people are really, really active readers. Like I'm more of a relaxed reader, but my partner, he like he's a highlight reader. Oh, like, he, yeah. Like takes notes and highlights. And like he's always he reads like one fiction book and then one nonfiction book. And re he reads a lot um, to help with his writing. Mm. So for him, it's like one of the things that he does first thing in the morning. It's like on his to-do list. He's like, because he views it more as a job thing. And if that's what you need to do to get more reading in because you want to read, fucking do it. Like, yeah. you know, there's no wrong way to read. You know, if you're sitting there and you're highlighting, you're like, oh, I should be reading in a candlelit bathtub covered in rose petals. <laughs> no, your reading life is specific to you. And it, it's like whatever you want it to be. So it can be as super relaxing or as super engaged and productive as you want it to be. Like, you know, just suit your own reading life to what you your life should be yeah and drop that guilt man drop it so you can send your thoughts on reading guilt to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com and before we review some very interesting book tech we're going to take a quick break I'm film critic April Wolf and host of the Maximum Fun podcast, Switchblade Sisters. Do you love genre films? Do you love female filmmakers? Do you love discussions on craft? If your answer is yes, you'll love Switchblade Sisters. Every episode, I invite one female filmmaker on, and we talk in depth about their fave genre film and how it influenced their own work. So we're talking horror, action, sci-fi, fantasy, bizarro, and exploitation cinema. Mothers, lock up your sons, because the Switchblade Sisters are coming for you. Available at MaximumFun.org or wherever you find your podcasts.
It's time to review some book tech <laughs> advances and bookish technology. And this week we have something that's very. We have two. We're reviewing two things. Two because things because we both don't use. But we only. I didn't explain that well, but you got it. We, yeah. Mallory uses one. I use one. Yes, we're well. We're, we're reviewing one thing for physical books and one thing for e-readers. Okay, you go first. Okay. So you you got this thing. What is it called? Uh, so we had a lovely listener send us a gift from our Reading Glasses Amazon wish list. And if you want to get get us something, you can check our show notes. There's a link to it. Uh, it's literally called the Thumb Thing. Like Thumb Thing. Thumb Thing. Okay. Capital T, capital T, You showed this to me and I could not figure out what it was. Yeah, you were like, I don't even, what is this for? Because you're an e-reader. Right. It's for physical books and it's literally, it's a little, it's a ring that goes on the top of your, like, goes over the first knuckle of your thumb and has like a wide, like four inch long piece of plastic that helps keep your book open when you're holding a book with one hand. So it's like... Oh, it's for one hand. One-handed reading. So you put it on your one hand, and you then put you it on your thumb, and you put the like that thumb in oh, the, I see in what the space of the and it like, holds the book open. Yeah, in the crease of the book, and it ho- helps hold your book open. Wow, this is actually really good for you. Well, okay, all right. How much was this? Four ninety nine. Okay, great. So I actually kind of like this thing. Uh, it's really good for like new, thick, fat, mass market paperbacks that are kind of hard to keep open because you know I have my book weight. But oh, yes, I know the book weight. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows I have a book weight. <laughs> but it's, you know, with a, when a book is really thick and new, you know, it's hard to keep open. Do you do the thing where you open it up and break the spine or no? That's right. Some people don't like crap. Some pe- yeah, yeah, people, yeah. I'm going to take a, a Twitter poll for this actually this week because some people are, people are very sharply divided about cracking the spines on books. I am a personal, I am a spine cracker. Okay. If I'm going, if I, if I'm going to like a book. I view cracking a spine as like. How do you know? I view cracking a spine as like <laughs> kissing somebody. You know, so you're like starting. Re- you're reading a book is like going on a date, and about halfway through the date, you can kind of tell if you're going to kiss that person at the end of the night or not. About halfway through a book, I can kind of tell if I want to keep. Sometimes I kiss book. them just to see if I like them. Oh no! Because then if there's no sparks, I'm like not into it. No, but then the, then I kiss them. I'm like, oh, I am into this. So oh. sometimes you don't know until after you've kissed them. Oh, I normally know. It normally, normally involves know? whether or not they like to read. Yeah, literally. <laughs> you, 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 Jesus. You're like, these lips have never tasted a book. (laughs) (laughs) And then Mallory goes home and makes out with her books. Yeah. If if it doesn't work out, she just goes home and sleeps with those books. (laughs) Have you ever heard that song, the Rachel Bloom song, the uh, crazy ex-girlfriend lady? She wrote a a song called Fuck Me, Ray Bradbury. About how she doesn't want to go out with this guy who wants to go to the movies with her because she wants to stay home and read. (laughs) That's That's pretty great. We should have her on the show. We should have her on the show. Actually, we should have her on the show. but, it, you know, about halfway through a book, I can always tell if I want to keep it or not. And if I'm not going to keep it, then I don't want to crack the spine because I want to sell it because I always sell my gotcha, old book. Gotcha, gotcha. But if I do want to keep it, I crack that motherfucker right open. Okay. But if you're a person, people, some people really don't like cracking spines. So um, if you have a, like, this is great for that because it helps keep, keep the book open. If you have some sort of physical issue where you can't, it's hard to hold a book. It's hard yeah. to keep a book open. Like, this is a really good gadget to have. My only issue with it is that, you know, my special little trick where I can flip a book with one like keep a book open with one hand and flip the pages yeah because this the thumb thing keeps the book so perfectly open i can't do my little flip flip so i didn't i didn't use this but this i can see where this would have i would do four out of five pages i can see why this object would be really really good for a lot of readers okay so, Bria, why don't you tell us about, I don't know if I would call this an advances in bookish technology, <laughs> but we got a lot of listener feedback when we talked about this before on the show. Oh, my God. Do you even have it? Listen to that noise. I'm reviewing a plastic bag today. <laughs> <laughs> today, I'm reviewing what I would call a gallon-sized Ziploc bag because 
there was a lot of angry readers when I was like, you got to lean over the tub. Because I described, okay, so I normally read my Kindle in the tub, leaning over the side of the tub like a crazy person because I don't want to drop the Kindle into the water. And my Kindle is not waterproof. Um, so people were like, just use a plastic bag, to which I responded, that couldn't possibly work because I don't need buttons on my Kindle. So you can't press through a plastic bag. That's ridiculous. And people were like, yes, you can. So I'm reviewing a plastic bag today. All right, Bria, tell us about your experience. What's funny is when Bria told me she was going to review this, I was like, should I put a regular book in a plastic bag and see if it works? <laughs> That's why we're doing t- a split book check split, today. Split book so check. So Bria, tell, as an e-reader, tell us about this plastic bag. Okay, so today I filled up my tub. Got my cannibalism book out, Kindle out. It's I so it, on brand for I, Bria. I, and then I got my gallon-sized plastic, I think it's Ziploc bag, and jumped right in that tub. And uh, I will tell you, it worked. It People wor- are fucking right. It totally worked. <laughs> and I Could feel you like still see the screen? Yeah, it's totally fine. I mean, I wouldn't use like an old dirty plastic bag. <laughs> I wouldn't use like one that had like, you need like a nice and cheese fresh. sandwiches in it or something. <laughs> but like <laughs> if you get like a new plastic bag and like maybe this is like just what this bag does. Like you leave it in the bathroom for this purpose. Um, you can totally turn on the Kindle. Mallory's lost her mind. <laughs> you can turn on the Kindle. You Don't throw that bag away. That's my pub <laughs> book bag. <laughs> well, you know, because plastic bags, after you use them a certain amount of time, because I will reuse my plastic bags if they aren't very used. Yeah. Uh, they get kind of weird, gross, like, and they start to look cloudy. But, yeah, you see right through it. You can press to the next page. No problem. No problem at all. Everyone, I apologize. I'm 100% wrong about this. It totally worked and actually is really great. So you can sit in the tub, completely down in the tub, and as long as you make sure you seal that little plastic bag, the blue and the green go together, or whatever you do for Ziploc, um, then it's then it's you're set. All right. So I have I have to ask. So is this particular brand good? Would you like? <laughs> would you like maybe a half gallon bag? Oh, um, I don't know. If is this the recommended type gallon. of plastic bag? Well, this is all I had at my house. I okay. had this, and I had like the little tiny ones. So you couldn't do sandwich ones. So that would not work. Uh, no, I think you're gonna have to do gallon. I think you're going to have to do, because otherwise it's going to be like half this size and it's going to be real tight. So just like you just take it and kind of wrap it so around. So a gallon plastic bag. A gallon plastic bag. Can I add in a, an update on a, a past review? Yes. Okay. So by the way, plastic bag, Ziploc bag, five out of five pages. <laughs> the <laughs> highest reviewed book tech on the show <laughs> is a plastic I bag. I should say our listeners are really smart that they know this because lots of people knew it and I didn't. And yeah, I, I would a, have no I'm idea. I'm a diehard Kindler. So like it was crazy. That's why we love the show, guys. Because we're all, we love when you we're we love learning. when you email us. We love when you tweeted us. We don't. Uh, I'm real. I always want to apologize because I'm really bad at checking the DMs on Instagram, but. <laughs> I'm really bad at that. Ooh. Uh, uh, but we, but we, we learn too. We, we learn always so learn much. from you guys. You're amazing. Okay, quick, quick book tech update. The book bow, which I was the thing that you put your Kindle in or your book, really great for holding snacks. <laughs> <laughs> it's just become the snack bow for Bria. It has become the snack bow. I put my chocolate bars in there so they don't get on anything else when they melt. Did get a little melty on my Kindle because I had them both in there. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe no, not coexisting. But you know, now I've learned that lesson. I just put the snacks in there and no can Kindle. I, can oh, I just Kindle's say how loose. much I love that you have? You've got to the point where you keep your Kindle in a snack bag <laughs> and you keep your snacks in your Kindle bag. <laughs> 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 That's where Bria's priorities are. <laughs> the ten cent Ziploc bag is where the Kindle goes, and the twenty dollars special book bow is really where Bria keeps up. her special snacks. Yeah, I really mixed it up. <laughs> So if you guys want to want to email us and have us review some book tech, you can email us at readingclassespodcast at gmail.com. 
Now we're going to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. At James MacGyler asks, help, what do you do when all of your library digital holds become available at once? Bria, what do you do? I guess it's just time to call your friends and tell them you died because you got a lot of reading to do. You got to stay at home and get all that reading done. Emergency vacation. Seriously, though, this is actually the worst. It's the worst thing. Um, my advice is I have a couple of pieces of advice, but the first, the main one is I try to monitor all of my books ahead of time because this happens to me constantly. I constantly, which I'll get into, but I try to monitor um all of where things are when things are going to come up ahead of time so i go in i check when my books might be available if it's like hey you're next up like you're next up out of the because it usually says like there's five holds available there's two people ahead of you or whatever if it's like you're next on several books then i go in and on overdrive there's a function where you can can suspend the hold anywhere from a week to 180 days wow so it's still on your hold list I That's guess a you long lose that time. place in line, but maybe if you, it, when it comes back up, you you don't go to the bottom of the list again because you get it pretty soon after that. So, yeah, you can suspend it. And I do this a lot, especially if I have a lot of books checked out. So if I already have, like, 15 books checked out and it's like, oh, I'm about to have four more books come up, I'll go and suspend for, like, a week or two just so I can not get too big of a backlog. But the other thing I'm going to say is uh, you don't pay for these books. <laughs> Librarians are going to get really mad at me about this. It sucks. But a lot of book, my books lapse without me reading them. So don't tell the professional bookstore nerds or Brazos the Librarian. I would say I'm about half of mine that come up. They come and go. I'm mid-book in another book. I just never get to even crack that book open. But I think it's fine to let these books check out and then go, you whatever. So you can either put them – it's a good test, right? So it's like either you go – you put them back into your queue and you're waiting for them again. God hope you're not waiting for something super long. You're not waiting for the new uh, – I don't know. There's some I've waited for like nine months for. I, I had to wait like. for six months for the Eddie Izzard memoir. I believe it. I totally believe it. So, you know, hopefully it won't be that long. So it's a good test. Like if you're like running it still, then you put it back on that list. If you go through and you're like, I just like didn't have a desire to read that this time because I got a bunch of books at the same time I was more interested in maybe you don't want that book in the first place maybe you should just move on to other books a lot of books in the world so like it's a good test it comes up yes I want to read it no I'm probably not ever going to read that let book. it go guys let it go just okay. let it go what do you do Mallory because you do <clears throat> you do library books uh I yeah but I only do audiobooks oh right right so when this this actually happens to me this happened to me this week a book that I had really wanted to read came up uh, it was one of those things where uh, I like I, I normally schedule them pretty pretty well because I do that thing on Libby where I'm like oh okay I'm the next place in line I'm Libby not- actually is ba- just like to throw it in it, it gives you an even better amount than uh, the OverDrive website on the internet yes on the on the computer <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like I was like from the past <laughs> the internet Have you heard of it heard of it the internet the, in the, connect- uh, the but interwebs Libby, yeah like. Right, Libby gives you a specific week time. Usually yeah. it's like, it's about two weeks. Or it's like, you got a long ass. It says, sometimes it'll say, it's going to be a long time. Or something yeah, along says, those lines. It, it just says something like that. And it's just like, I'm like, oh, like you're going to be waiting forever. <laughs> go, just go buy this book. <laughs> yeah, just go buy it. <laughs> but uh, a book that I thought I had eight weeks on ended up coming up before the other book. So I ended up having two at once. Uh, so I, when this happens, I have some tough choices to make because it takes me about two to three weeks to listen to an audiobook. So when more than one audiobook becomes available, I normally oh, only no have way. time for one because it will cut into my other reading. Right. Um, so unless I'm really, really, really in the mood for something in particular, I always just pick the one with a longer hold time. Like what I did was I ended up, the one that came up oh, quickly. I see what you're saying. 
I just listened to that one first. So there's one, so the one that you're like, there's more people waiting on this one, so it's not going to come up as quickly? Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Okay. So the so one. The, that's the, how I prioritize it. And, you know, but if you had to wait, you know, you had to wait like two months for the book, like get on that shit pretty quick. Just to drop everything? Yeah. So I, I, that's how I prioritize them. Or, you know what, sometimes I'm like, hey, I, I'll, I need to, you'll use it as an excuse, like, because I do audiobooks, you know, when I clean the house or when I go out, like, leave the house, which is not very often. <laughs> so I use it as an excuse to like let's go for a walk oh that's good so you because you're like i gotta get through this book yep. the library really gives me some good deadlines because library you know. is bl- improves my life <laughs> it does quite a bit it really I, uh, g- gets me some vitamin d i'm like hmm <laughs> when's the last time i left the house maybe i need to go for a half hour long aren't you, walk aren't you like doesn't don't you go outside and melt like what happens to you sbf 100 <laughs> i'm not actually exaggerating like straight up SPF 100. <laughs> no no joke. You go to the doctor and they're like, ah, have you seen this sun? Do you know what they're the like, sun is? They're like, have you seen this ghost lady? <laughs> Especially because I just got my hair re-dyed, which makes it me look even you paler. You look very like, pale, yeah. But yeah. it's just because your hair is very, very blue. Yeah. yeah. We just went on vacation for Valentine's Day and we were, Alan got us a yurt and we were like outside, reading outside and I took my shoes off and you could see through my <laughs> all you of were, my like, veins. <laughs> and I... <laughs> It was really freaky. <laughs> you just turn and you're like suddenly, you're like glow in the dark. Like yeah. You walk around. <laughs> no, I look like a ghost woman. It's really <laughs> terrible. Um, so, but you know, thanks to Libby. Thanks to Libby. Thanks, thanks Libby. <laughs> Getting a little bit more vitamin D. Uh, so if you want to solve your reader problem, send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's really great for us and helps us reach more readers. Reading Glasses is pleased to offer interactive cr- transcripts of the show through Greta. Go to gretta.com slash reading underscore glasses to read and turn your favorite reading glasses moments into clips that you can share out on social media. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast, on Litzy at readingglasses. And you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag reading classes thanks for listening and thanks for reading maximumfun.org comedy and culture artist owned listener supported